Welcome to Spaghetti Launchers, a world-building podcast where we throw spaghetti at the wall and it's up to you what sticks. Each episode, we go in-depth on an element of a fictional world, breaking it down and developing unique examples live on the fly to give you ideas you can copy, steal, or be inspired by. Whether you're a writer, a GM, or an all-around nerd goblin, nerd goblin, just looking to indulge your imagination, we've got you covered. I'm Ethan. I'm Kyle. And on this episode, we will be discussing... Weapons! Weapons! Yay! Murder! <laughs> Alright, well, like, let's just get it out of the way. Lightsabers are cool. Lightsabers are great. Woohoo. Alright, moving on from lightsabers. Again, uh, we could end the episode there, just no. like it's done. I think lightsabers are cool, but I don't think... I don't... Li- okay, I was as we were preparing to do this episode, I was like, okay, thinking about it, what... If you're playing a video game... Mm-hmm. Where the weaponry looks the coolest, mm-hmm. it's always a fantasy game. Because guns look pretty boring, mm-hmm. lightsabers look pretty, oh, it can change the color of the of the blade. But Once you have an energy sword, there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah, and I think a lot of the like... Except that cool hand blade thing they had in Halo. Oh, the, the energy sword in Halo is very cool. Yeah, that's um, a cool... It's a, totally impractical as a weapon, but it looks cool. Well, you haven't actually played Halo, so you... Um, have no legs to stand on. Yes, and I have played thousands of hours of halo competitively my, yes so, respect ladies and gentlemen respect i think like the weaponry that you can make make look really cool is always mm. going to be more fantastical because there's just it's more physical as a thing it's more like there is a big piece of metal or there's wood or there's some other uh type of material that, and we'll get into all the varieties we can maybe think of but i think you just get more variety and more intrigue out of it than you do and more interesting looks out of it which for most people i think if you're building out cool weaponry mm-hmm. especially if like an rpg if you're building an rpg you really want the weaponry to be cool right if, if you're looking at more like what is creates good story potential that that is, is flexible across the board and, totally. I wanna... and then it depends on what kind of it can go from range from what story you want to tell versus very simply what sort of vibe you want your world to have like think about what frank herbert did in dune when he wanted a sci-fi world but he really didn't want guns to be the only thing so he invented that cool kinetic shield that mandated that people use swords because it negated the use of firearms as as a as an offensive person-to-person combat option the arms race got so advanced that they had to revert because they had created the perfect protection against yeah like the they rendered it obsolete yeah uh you get to the yeah you can get to that point yeah um, which is a very cool idea and also an important element to think of when you're world building we talk about the importance of hand waving things all the time you don't need to have a logical explanation but if you're in a setting where you you know a sci-fi setting where you really want swords invent or create a piece of technology that negates guns vice versa if you're in a fantasy setting which is typically sword and sorcery sword and board and you really want there to be firearms then you can you can invent it and you can find a way to negate swords maybe it's the opposite maybe there's are there's plate armor that is so ubiquitously available that just completely negates edged weapons but it is still vulnerable to high impact projectiles and or, then you've, you've you could do just done the, of like blunt weapons too it's like you yeah, can do that like, too it's hard to pierce it but the blunt trauma of a of a warhammer into, into your side still takes you down yeah i do love the uh the meme that the rapier was invented well after gunpowder was yeah. invented and so if you're playing a fantasy game and with and, rapiers yeah with the rapiers and you're like well guns existed already at that point too so 
yeah, you can really flex on the time on what the technology exists around. Yeah. So let's get m- more into some of the the cool examples. And I want to I want to give a shout out because I think it's really cool. It was something that I had been thinking about for a long time is mm. the uh, Stormlight Archives from Brandon Sanderson has these cool weapons called shard blades mm. that are. I haven't like, read. Break this down for me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm going to. Uh, so I'm rushing you. How dare you? So they have <laughs> these. It's these these blades that are like ancient and they're really rare. There's like they are like the most invaluable item or possession you could probably have so mm. they're, they're like they're status symbols they're too. status symbols absolutely status symbols that's a critical part of the story that i won't get into because it, it spoilers. is spoilers it's spoilers that are unnecessary okay um and it's stormlight archives are not as ubiquitous as like star wars but also they are so they can they're like summoned out of nowhere mm. they exist in like a pocket dimension that's cool so you can summon them out of nowhere and then they are they are lightsaber-esque in that they can just cut through basically anything okay except for another shark blade so if you have oh, two, that's cool. two wielders of these, then you get these epic battles. And Sanderson does a good job of describing some pretty cool battles between these. Yeah. But they are, it's just the idea of the, like, the phase weapon, the weapon that exists in a pocket dimension. And you could just, in an instant, and you have, like, this badass moment of, of somebody who you think would be just a regular guy all of a sudden just summons this epic weapon that is reserved for, the like, the most mighty warriors in the world. So I, right. I, I, I love that idea. And I've, like... Like in D and D, does a cool in the in the I, I think it was like on somewhere on the website. I don't remember where I saw, it, but it was like a mm. phase axe that you would throw and uh, it, you could then pull it back. So you could you had a two handed axe, you could throw at people and like you know straight up. I, I feel like Gimli would do this. Just yeah, throw yeah, it yeah. into their chest and then just whoop, and then it comes back to you and you get and you get this epicness of like a very video game like yeah. badassery. That's a very cool idea, and it gives me some noodles, actually. Go so what if there were – so you're in a world where, let's say, there it, 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 we're going to go fantasy here because it's easier for what I'm envisioning, right? Okay. Let's blend. You know, we typically think as, like, edged weapons as primarily melee, mm-hmm. you know, like person-to-person, up-front, close to nitty-gritty, dirty. And then you've got projectile weapons, which are more often piercing or bludgeoning. Yeah. Right, but what if you live in a world where, and I'm envisioning sort of um, like you meant you mentioned video games, phase axe, God of War, where Kratos has the Leviathan axe, which he can throw and summon back and throw yeah. and summon back. What if you have a world where magically there is this this group of warriors? They can be an elite group, they can be a knightly order, as we've discussed, or it can be commonplace. Totally up to you. Where each individual is somehow magically bonded to their weapon yeah where they can summon it like the shard blade out of nowhere or they can throw it and summon it back to them but only that one particular weapon right and then suddenly you have sort of a ranged melee combat where it's just people sort of hucking axes and swords at each other (laughs) and then pulling them back into their hands it's not particularly evocative like from a world building perspective it's more just like funky and fun and weird and throws you off your base because especially if you do some sort of insert self or or alice in wonderland approach to the world where you have someone not expecting that they're like oh i see this big burly guy with an axe i'm gonna be quick and deadly and try and you know take him down with a dagger and, and then he suddenly just, he, he just, just chucks it at you yeah. but, he, but he chucks it like uh horizontally so it does like a big sweeping motion across yeah like, where it's like you try to dodge so even if you like 
even if the blade isn't chewy, the hilt will hit you as like, <laughs> right, because it's yeah. just, it's uh, like a huge. Oh, that yo, that'd be cool. They're sort of they're all almost like double bladed lightsabers. Like that is the primary weapon where you're just boomeranging these spinning helicopter blades at each other back and forth. Well, I was thinking more of like it's just like if, if you can crudely just hit them with the butt of it to just stop them from like trying to dodge and they get kind of like stunned back a little bit or just fall over. Uh, like not also like, a great option. Not deadly, just like a very crude way to just interrupt what they're trying to do and then be like, oh yeah. It's going to be that kind of fight, and then you move in. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is sauce or just extra noodles in, in into it. Is mm. that okay? So take that. You've got people who have specific weapons bonded to them. Make a company of them. This is mm. like this is a mercenary company, and I haven't read the Black Company, but it, 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 I'm thinking of the Black Company, yeah. even though I never even read it. But uh, you, so you just have like a band of mercenaries that are really deadly and really famous, and they all have a specific weapon bonded to them, mm. and they all kind of have a synergy that one guy does. A really good bow and arrow then there's also a cross uh, bow person there's somebody with an epic war hammer there's the sword and board guy yeah but the, but the board is not bound it's just a regular old, old shield that he just keeps grabbing a, like a new one every fight and just like whatever i don't care about that i've got yeah. my sword you know you just have all those people filling a specific role very much like fellowship-esque right but they've all got like real perfectly party dynamic. Like you've got your frontliner, your your ranged archer, well, your and they're all iconic, whatever. Like associated with this specific weapon. Got it. Okay. And then they become heroes of the realm. Uh-huh. And then maybe they maybe they turn bad. They become the bad guys, and it's so hard to deal with them because they have these weapons bound to them, and so they become these. You know, I don't know. Maybe they become like vigilante esque, where they're trying to undo like they see ju- injustice or whatever and they're they just gone off the rails and the guards or the armies like we need whoa whoa, whoa guys we, we got to stop them and every time they try to they're so deadly and because you can't disarm them yeah it's really hard to deal with this threat yeah you have to kill them in open battle otherwise it, it just doesn't work but they're so hard to kill because they've got this energy and they've got their weapons that are just like just pulling in from nowhere i love it and and they're so well coordinated and so well balanced that yeah. like you can't penetrate like you can't stop their offense and you can't penetrate their defense it's it's great and it it reminds me actually it's why the justice league animated series like in justice league unlimited is one of my favorites because it's a very real approach of like yes you've got these seven or more people that are literal gods in some cases and the world is just supposed to be okay with them and not concerned that hey what happens if you have a bad day, right? Yeah. yeah. And so what do you do about that? And the, the the presence of these legendary weapons like that create not just very cool epic moments, you know, the summoning the shard blade or or this, this um, you know, these really cinematic um, yeah. battle moments, but they also create the potential for real world conflict. Like there's a very real world where the Galactic Republic could be like, hang, hang on. Jedi, why are you the only ones that get to build these things? Why don't yeah. we get lightsabers too? That's yeah. we're not doing that. Like we're not doing. I've always wondered why didn't they do that? Why didn't the galactic? Uh, why didn't the Galactic Republic just copy the Mandalorian armor schematics? If it's that yeah. important, right? Like, I'm like, it's why, all, the why the hell wouldn't anybody have all these things? Yeah, why don't like in the real world? In our world, military advantage you have for certain things is not cannot be permanent because someone is trying to copy always and that's why there's like arms races because you have to advance the technology so that whoever's trying to to catch up to you 
is still further behind. Right. Getting to parody is a rarity. Right. That was an unnecessary rhyme. If you're in a... <laughs> Hashtag if, IR nerds. <laughs> if you're in a fantastical world, it is weird and it does break immersion for me as a reader. And again, maybe it's the IR nerd in me and it's the, it's the realism in me. Is right. I'm like, well, why haven't they copied the man? Why is the Mandalorian armor... Is it Beskar is not that like right? It, the Galactic I mean, Republic could, could have just monopolized that at some they point. They absolutely could have, and the Empire it seems sort of did. But why? Also, they they killed these people instead. I mean, like the people that had it smart. It shows actually the 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 practical brilliance of Palpatine, who's like, I found a Mandalorian. I am going to clone him and get him to train my army. Yeah, like that is actually smart. That is something that would happen in real life. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that it just doesn't happen <laughs> you know other bit and it's great for storytelling because then you get the jedi and the seth and they're special and the mandalorian yeah. are special in their own right i, I get so it but it, it's i think it'd be really cool if you're if you have a some culture because let's say the mandalorian let's put it in a, in a different context if you have you have some rather isolationist militaristic group mm. they have their own niche and Nobody really knows how to cop to copy it, but then you have some captain in the army or whatever. He wins a duel against these guys, takes their weaponry, and cannot figure like they they cannot reverse and engineer it. But now oh, he cool. gets to step up in stature, and he gets to be like this intimidating figure. And you could also, I mean, it, it could be where it was actually luck that he he got it. But uh -huh. this is like a, a, a strongly protected intellectual property, essentially. And if you were able to seize it. And then, you know, in a context where you can't do anything more with it, you can't really quite figure out what, it, like, how to get to replicate it. Yeah. But it's like a prized possession to be like, well, he will lead our battle against that specific group because he has the, the weapon of the enemy. Right. So, I like, I think that you could do something with that to really build out totally. that tension. And especially if you're if you're already building a military, because people frequently build out militaristic uh, groups. Absolutely. That's and not uncommon. That's especially cool from a think about it, you know, going back to the bonded weapon idea we were toying with earlier. What if that weapon is sort of like the Elder Wand from Harry Potter, where it respects victory and oh, you win and it transfers ownership to the enemy and somehow it's like, oh, suddenly a muggle has a wand. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not great. That's yeah. That's a recipe for chaos. Like and yeah. it, but it would be it would be a really interesting dynamic. What would what would a weapon look like like that look like to you? What you know if you build me yeah. this isolationist society. All right, I'm going with like th these are. More, they really love hand-to-hand -hand combat. I'm going with like Barbarian. Yeah. So having just watched Legend of Ox Machina season yeah. two, I'm really thinking of the the, the fists that Kevdak had. These yeah. Like, these like powerful. The Titanstone knuckles. Yeah, powerful like brass knuckle type uh, like fist weapons that are really up in your face, personal or close and personal. I think that's really fun and interesting. Yeah. So I'm thinking of, of that if it's like... Uh, seemingly benign gloves you put them on and then all of a sudden your like fists become you know hard as stone yeah you know, like gild plated or uh some, something to that degree i'm thinking along those lines um here that's really cool i love i love things like that and i love the way that arcane which has such incredible world building um Oh, did the way that they did that with yeah. vise gauntlets starting yeah. off as like tools for miners and excavators because that is the way that weapons evolved right like uh, the vast majority of weapons evolved from farming implements 
and because they were multi-purpose, you already needed a sharp blade to cut down, you know, swaths yeah. of wheat and a scythe. Like a scythe is a, exactly a scythe is like it's interesting that the scythe became like this symbol of death and this like like you you'll play like video games or something and you can like use a scythe. And I'm like that's not super practical. Yeah, there's a reason why we changed like like I think halberds and pole arms are really cool. Absolutely, and I would love to see more of them in a fantastical setting. And now I'm trying to think of like okay telescope telescopic pole arms yeah like a pole like you know we're like oh yeah like here's a sword or here like have an axe that has like the handle is telescopic and you can all of a sudden just like fling it out right and it grows and now you've got a full pole arm oh that's cool i think that could be kind of cool yeah you get to like advanced engineering we could also have it where you like throw it out and then like out of the telescopic thing pops out like additional smaller blades you have like you have like (laughs) you have like jagged teeth down the down the side of of the of the pole yeah so then it's like yeah there's a main blade but if you miss and you get them like and it's shallow or if somebody tries to get you shallow and they have like they're trying like you might accidentally disarm them because you've got these like small teeth yeah along it well and then suddenly that changes hand-to-hand combat because it's right now you know we think of hand-to-hand combat as limited to kind of the weapon you're using and it's why like baseline swords and staves are so often praised because they're so versatile, right? Like mm-hmm. a quarter staff, you can keep someone at range. You can bop them with both ends. A sword is very flexible. You can disarm. You can do lots of things, right? But if you have a weapon like that, that's telescopic or incorporates technology, suddenly you're dealing with, you have no idea where this person's going to go next. It's like, oh yeah, we might be close up and personal now, but what if that sword suddenly shrinks and then they're ducking and weaving and trying to stab you with an ice pick effectively, right? Like, yeah. And it would be, again, very cinematic, but it would change the nature of combat where it's not just this duel. It's I have to be able to read this person a little bit more and it's more unexpected. There are suddenly a much wider range of options. Well, I, I like the idea of a weapon with variable range because it, yeah. right, it does add adds flair to the battlefield. If you're like doing with like um, an RPG setting or something, mm. giving your player also like a magic weapon that has like variable range to it is really cool uh in our um in one of my dd campaigns that i'm playing in one of our players just got a a flower that can turn into multiple different weapons you get to choose what it gets to be that's cool which is cool now i'm thinking of like we always uh cycle back to nature let's so i'm thinking like natural weapons and i think if you have i'm thinking of like because wood is so often avoided in weaponry because it can be broken Mm. obviously right what if you had in a world you have trees that their wood once treated is like stone or it's Mm. it's metal and you have is it still as light as wood yes oh shit So, so you get you get like regular wood is just normal like it is people oh it's just regular wood Mm. but then there's a specific type of wood that there's like a certain sheen to it there's like a color so it like like imagine like when someone pulls out like valyrian steel sword in game of thrones right people are like that's what i was just like oh that's like or like dragon glass yeah but it's like you just like you pull out of a sheet like a wooden sword be like oh it's a wooden sword and then they're like oh no that is um heartwood heartwood which i think is actually a real wood yeah probably but uh but that, that is heartwood uh steel like they call it, you no, know, that is a heart. I guess just call it. That's a heartwood sword. 
heartwood sword. This is hard to say. Yeah, I mean, we we need a different term. Yeah. Um, let's go with a root blade, like roots of the trees, a branch blade. Yeah, root blade seems kind of cool. Root blade. Mm-hmm. No, because it's because it needs to be because it, it's a material you can make any weapon out of, not just a blade. Mm. Ironwood. Hmm. Steelwood. Maybe maybe they would call it that because if yeah. All right, so if if metallics are at the time considered to be the strongest thing, then you would say, "Oh, you've got steel. Well, I have steel wood." Right. It's like you know. Yeah. Like or if it's wood. or if you're in a stone age, you could say, "Oh, I have stone wood." Stone wood, or or yeah. I mean, there is a thing. There is such a wood. There's ebony wood. That's a real kind, right? And like, and yeah. you could just have it named, and maybe there are different varieties. Yeah. Named after different stones and different metals, like yeah, you, maybe That's you could do something, something along that line, and but whatever, whatever you end up calling it, but you you have a wood that is uh, as light as regular wood, so you get that you can get far lighter than steel, and you get that flexibility mm. from that perspective, and then you also have just as strong, if not stronger, material. The blade, or and and it's because once you carve it and treat it it sets so the yeah. the edge of a blade would need to be sharpened right because it's set right and it's like it it's, does not break right which is a huge advantage beyond that because people would, be, would would think that wood would would need more treatment over time right. but it's like no once you treat this wood it's permanent it's done which also means that the craftsmen who work who work it are considered highly valued they are prized because it's so difficult yeah there is no room for error right then you have you know the 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 ranged weaponry becomes Uh so dangerous but it also becomes very precarious because if you're doing ranged weaponry and these things don't break the more ranged weaponry you use the more you potentially you give, give away. away. That's yeah, that's cool. So you do so they have don't to, use we- they weapons. don't use ranged weapons. Unless there are it's no spears. Yeah, there are no spears, there's no arrows, there's no nothing. It's just close quarters. And this is actually I'm having this whole vision of a um almost like a druid assassin who lives in a <laughs> we cyberpunk. Love druid assassins. We do well because it's <laughs> a subversion of it's a subversion of tropes oh, too. Yeah. Like you don't often think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But like that would be so cool, especially if you live in a world that is even modern standard tech, right? Or or high tech, but you have this one nature expert who's like, oh yeah, no, I I don't have any metal on me. So they walk right through metal detectors, but they have wooden you know this edgewood dagger right like yeah. and it's they're just going edgewood's in edgewood's a pretty good term i think you just found it in there cool uh, i liked edgewood. i like edgewood a lot edgewood cool so yeah. you've got like and Wait, then edgewood's got, a neighborhood who cares that's who cares yeah <laughs> people name things after other things all that's the time that's true that's true edgewood sorry edgewood yes but like and then you have this cool and then suddenly oh i'm this whirling dervish of 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 death right like just yeah. with these tiny wooden daggers i i, I was also thinking of like all right, so there aren't ranged weapons, but there is a um, Assassin's Guild, we'll tie more Assassins here, yeah. that does use the edge wood uh, as they, they have arrows or they have darts that they use. Mm. And so, it, and then in the context of a story, this is discovered. Someone finds one. Right. So, like, cause, because they're Assassin, they're immediately taking it out. It always comes with them, but something goes wrong and they lose one or they lose two and people find it and say, wait what the fuck these aren't supposed to exist who is making ranged edge right we have a problem now and a then literal and- splinter cell 
I don't know if it's literal, but no, it is. But but think about like yeah. I mean, they could be like they could be called the splinters because what is a splinter? It's a tiny piece of wood, yeah. that gets stuck in you. Mm-hmm. And okay. if you poisoned it, well, you, you wouldn't uh, need to poison it because the edge wood is so sharp. True, yeah, even better. So then, and then you create an arms race, and you and you get you can get a lot out of out of I think the edge wood. Yeah. I, I like Edgewood. I think we found something good. With That's that. cool. That's really fun. And it's very evocative. And there's a lot that you could do with that within it. Like, because maybe it's a resource. Maybe it's, you know, and that is the strength of it. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a natural process, you know, sort of just like this. They figured out how to treat this with different ex- components of chemical. Maybe it's a shillelagh like spell and magic. Only one particular group of magic users can do this, right? Like there's lots of opportunities. Um, um, but yeah, so there's lots of very cool opportunity there. And it like you, I love natural weapons. I also love weapons that use the, use the environment or like that don't attack the individual but attack the environment right so like one of my favorite things and it's so silly sounding but i love the microwave emitter from batman begins yeah yeah, yeah. for desert warfare to vaporize an enemy's water supply i think that is so cool so smart if no one's working on this what are you doing like yeah, that's well, there's probably so many we- there's so many weapons that do exist in this world that we don't know about yeah uh, that are horrible to see the actual application of but they're brilliant ideas and i think that is definitely one of them right like, like, like uh, imagine if you had to imagine so think for example let's let's go back to frank herbert let's take dune right like you live on a desert planet mm-hmm. right and you have you develop a weapon a heat-based fusion laser of some sort that fuses sand immediately into glass. Yeah. And you then can just start trapping people in their desert worlds and they're not and nowhere is safe from this laser because there's sand it's a desert world. Yeah. What do you do then? Right? Or same thing in an aquatic world if you someone figures out how to freeze. Yeah, it's like I mean, you, you can use terraforming in it all of its forms yeah. as, as a weapon, absolutely, offensively. And I think that it'll just depend on the context of the world. I'm thinking of like um, the AOE weaponry that you could use, <laughs> and I'm thinking, and for some reason, my, my brain went to like fish guts, like 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 if, if there's a specific fish that is seemingly normal, but it when you gut it, it's like there is some gas in its intestines or in its like organs that is toxic mm. and thinking of like if you've got fishermen who become militant and they right. and they use this as a weapon where they just cut open these fish and throw them at people yeah. and, and it'll like it'll knock them out which is like a really weird way to do it but you could create like a there is an uprising of fishermen against the king and they have a lot of power because they can just kill you with fish with with with, with poison with a right. toxic fume and people like there's like a shock and awe to that because no one's ex- nobody's who would like, see that coming yeah who's gonna see that, that like oh they found out that it's like blowfish or something yeah like, you, you could hurl it like um over like the castle walls and you just you create like a in in a fantastical world you've just created a tear gas or a some sort of um chemical warfare so out cool. of fish or even make it so much more mundane than that. A cultural delicacy made of fermented fish that is to normal people toxic because it's fermented and botulism is right. Like, yeah. you know, but 
these this one particular group of people has been eating it for generations and they start it when you're start you start eating it when you're young and so you build up an immunity to this thing over time to this poison over time sort of a princess bride style you know build up the immunity to iocane powder Uh and then suddenly you have this weaponry that is it's food yeah and it is (laughs) it is a weapon i'm thinking of like um durian fruit is famously yeah awful smell right and it like illegal to open on public transit i think in uh, southeast asia where you can actually yeah. get it because it, the smell is so rancid mm-hmm. or, or i'm thinking of uh i think the indian military was trying to weaponize ghost peppers uh, several years ago because i didn't uh, know that of course they would because sure like well tear, must- ga- tear gas is used from pure capsaicin sure so well and like, mustard oil is illegal to buy in the u.s because it's mustard gas mustard gas yeah right so you I mean chemical warfare does get it's horrible and is not worth doing in real world. Don't no, do it. It's no. horrible in the real world, but it is interesting from a world building perspective of what we're, what, I guess if, if you're looking at world building and you want to create weaponry that seems extra deadly, consider what is, what we have banned as humans. Right. Chemical and biological warfare is banned by humanity and right. the Geneva Conventions. And we all agreed and we're like, yeah, we really, we should, really should not be doing it because this. This we all just really fucked up. We all accepted how bad it was. And we don't we, we, we would rather do conventional warfare to the nth degree right. than like be subjected to chemical and biological warfare. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So if you're building a fantasy world and especially if you're trying to like convey that this is like an evil empire, have them do biological war or chemical warfare. People usually go for like the evocative, like look how gruesome they are with their physicality. Right. Like they are stripping people's intestines out and they're right. hanging them up and all that shit. Decapitation which is, heads on spikes. Which it obviously is, does make you angry, of makes course. you hate them. But like, it's a visceral reaction. But if you but if you show that they are like the more methodical, truly evil, not just like sadistic, you go with chemical or biological and they're and then you're totally. like, yeah, they're fucking evil. We're, we're not going to talk about I'm going to steer us away from biological warfare and pandemics because it's 2023 and that's all still a little yeah. too fresh for a lot of us. Yeah. But I love the idea of. Um, you, you, you know, you're talking about chemical warfare in a deadly form, but what if it were not deadly? Yeah. What if you could weaponize LSD? And just make people all trip crap. out. Yeah. Like, and there's a poison. It doesn't even need like, you know, go back to the Edgewood darts thing. Right. But you coat it with just pure LSD and it's, you're just hitting these people and they're fine. They're just tripping balls. Yeah. For hours because it's a super high concentrated dose and you can just walk right in all right and you can do whatever you like it's yeah. all good uh some sauce on that is if, if you going back we've talked about spies we talked about assassins is you're using that to make somebody else fail you're just you use oh. that against a, a high profile figure and they don't even realize that now they're they're stoned as could be, and they're yeah. going into like a important dinner right. or something, or they're giving a speech, and they just were forcibly tripped on LSD, uh-huh. and you get to sow more chaos. I love any any agents of chaos that you can put in a fantastical world. I just think are really fun. The Me people, too. People who literally do it for the thrill and how fun it, it will be. Right. They don't actually care about the consequences. Nope. It's not really important to them. But and just, it's and, and it's important there that it be non-violent and and non-lethal 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they're tripping them on LSD just to right. be like, just just to watch them screw up. Right. So I think I, I I think that's kind of fun. I don't know that there's much more in that bowl, but I think that was, no, it's I, just, it's a it's it's there's just lots of tomfoolery to go that and and the non lethal weapons super underrated movie is Mystery Men from like 1999. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a character they got Tom Waits to play this guy. Mm-hmm. I love it, and his specialty is making non lethal weaponry. So he has like a tornado in a can. Which you just throw the can and it creates a tornado that just whirls people around and then they fall down. Or he has like huh. the shrinkulator, which is a dry cleaning gun, which shrinks people's outfits and clothes so they can't move. Like yeah, that's... there's so much like if you go into this non-lethal world, there's so much crazy potential for weaponry that is absurd, but potentially incredibly effective. Oh, yeah. In, in combat, right? Like, and think of it even from a, if you, like, that's obviously a silly direction, but you know, I have an obsession with like esoteric elements in, in fantasy and sci fi. Like, I love void. I love gravity. I love the idea of playing with gravity. And if you had some sort of gravity weapon that didn't hurt people or crush them, but just like locked them in place. And, and held them in place. I'm, I'm building a and I've shown you my my homebrew yeah. rogue that's based on the idea of tethering, yeah. right? Um, or you have, let's say you have, uh, similar to the tornado in a can, you have a, a ranged weapon, a projectile, that uh, is a little piece of high-density, highly gravitational, you know, uh, high-dense, highly-dense material that's in a protective shell, and when you crack the shell, it creates almost like a strong attraction and pulls mass, creates almost like a mini little black hole. Yeah. And just yeah. pulls people towards it and creates an, a place for you to run through or get by them. And just, again, that AOE side. I'm thinking uh, now in that context of uh, what if you used magnets against against an army that was not not too, like, not massive, not like magnetron, yeah. but you are, you just hurl a bunch of magnets like in a trebuchet full mm-hmm. of like sizable magnets and then it just sticks to their weapons and to their armor and they're just kind of maybe not tethered but they're at least weighed down and inconvenienced as hell like it's a great way to just fuck with them before like a fight starts yeah where they're all of a sudden they're just like the hell my like right. I, i'm not trained to wield this weight of a sword this yeah. sword is now really heavy or or i'm really slow because i just i feel like i have like 15 extra pounds on my chest yeah. Or on my right, right foot, and the right. magnets are so strong, it's really hard to rip it off. Yeah, it, it's, or it's impossible to rip it off. Right, and then you've just like completely sabotaged an army as they're about to attack. You've neutralized that threat by like half. Yeah, and it and it doesn't require as I mean, you could physically do that in the real world. Like we could do that hundred percent on Earth now. So you, that you don't have to necessarily go too fantastical. In the fantastical version, you can do it with with gravity magic. Right, ladies Gra- and gentlemen, if we if we disappear. After this podcast, please do not look for us. They will find you too. <laughs> DOD is really curious about, about what we're talking about now. Um, DOD and D&D. Yeah, DOD and D&D. Or D&D um, and D. No, it would be D&D for DOD. There you go. Now I'm thinking of I'm thinking about like using Magnus as a weapon. And if you had a, say you took a, you made a ballista that mm. is, it has a bolt that is purely magnet. Hmm. So the ballista is made of not metal. It's made of just wood because okay. this is such a strong magnet. 
and you just shoot it into like it's a siege weapon and you shoot it like through a like a gate or like into like a castle and you basically just fuck up the structural integrity because it starts pulling screws and nails yeah. because it's that it's like a magnetron out of like you know like a true like overly magnetized thing and it's pure destruction because you just rip out structural integrity yeah it just pulls metal from everywhere including off of people's persons i love the idea of that because it create it, it gives me this incredible visual um in almost like an x2 where magneto has to be kept in this plastic prison because he's magneto he can pull all metal and control all of it yeah so you have all of these people that are working on and manning these weapons that are all none of them wear any metal they're all wearing like cloth robes or normal clothes yeah yeah but the they're using it could be a high-tech spaceship world but these people are all building um trebuchets out of plastic or out of wood yeah and it would just be that stark contrast of like yeah you've got this highly metal militarized society and then these people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing magnetized basically elements on a wood crossbow what like, i was making great. there was a single-use magneto is just effectively yeah. yeah here's magneto launch him He's once again an, an, violent an, druids yeah and it <laughs> An inanimate magneto. Yeah, I I think magnets give you a lot of opportunity. I think of like like other varieties that you could. I, I I love the idea of weaponry that is charged with elements. I think that's always fun. Of like, yeah, who doesn't want like a sword that's on fire or a sword made of ice? Yeah, or the sword of dawn that glows with ethereal light. Yeah, and like so, there's a lot it's of it's just perfect. There's a like, lot in in those, that, but like a lot of it's it, it exists. It's not new. So I'm trying to think of like, is there are there new varieties or fresher varieties we could add to the world of the elemental weaponry that exists? There could be if you if you want to go real world, right? You know, when we think uh, and and by real world, I mean grounded in yeah. in fi- the physics of our world. Yeah. Where what we think of as element, you know, we think of elements in this in this setting as still very fantastical. You know, there's the four the four classical elements. There's the five Chinese elements. But we have such a deeper understanding of them now mm-hmm. where let's say you could again, pulling in the esoteric side, you had a weapon that messed with one of the four fundamental forces of the universe, like not just yeah. gravity or electromagnetism, but like the strong or the weak nuclear force that somehow messed with that I, I i don't know there might not be I, much there but i don't i don't know if there i'm is, not a but, physicist but you've so got me know. thinking about take the periodic table take the real world periodic table yeah and, just, and look at it and weaponize something in there you weaponize argon and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're just shooting fucking neon signs into people you, you like shoot a guy with an arrow and you weaponize argon so it just infuses into his body and all of a sudden he's glowing hot pink and you've just baffled everybody right i think like th- that could be fun or it's you know like you weaponize helium and you just nice. all the like I, i'm i'm my brain is really sticking on like you're shooting arrows that are infused with these things you mm-hmm. shoot a guy with an arrow full of helium and he just starts raising up and everyone just thinks he's possessed or he's like an enemy now right like, like this is a witch who has yeah. been they have they have done something they have possessed this soldier and now he is floating in the air and turning on us and then he's and up he in the air like yeah, and, and he's in the air being like like and i can't do the helium voice but he's like being like don't shoot don't shoot don't shoot don't shoot please that's really good and then and then they just turn and they go we got to shoot him and they all start shooting no, him no. 
and then and, then and they waste like they, they all like empty their crossbows into him and then they've that's all got to so reload great. and then you just charge that's so great um i was also thinking of like uh if you weaponize it like because people don't they don't weaponize water very often like we create fire stuff ice it's, stuff yeah like earth stuff sometimes but we did like, water liquid water not mm-hmm. ice no i know you just what if you just like um again back to you got an arrow and you shoot it into something you shoot an arrow into like a guard tower and all of a sudden the it just starts flooding yeah the arrow is infused with water and it just empties out like it is like opens a pocket dimension to the plane of water and just it just like starts flooding this keep uh uh, black panther 2 the wakanda forever actually mild spoiler did a really good job of this because they had namor and the uh atlanteans or it's called talokan in the movie um they used water bombs that were these d20 looking just full and like, devices and, and that were full and just, of water and it just and it and creates even more, more water probably yeah than, where it's like it's not just like a container it's a container that is like yeah they figured than, out magically how to compress water which is impossible but yeah, like yeah so you can still play with that or like i love in Ab- wait, wait, hold on i want to back up what you, what you just said compression mm-hmm. you can compress like we, we could come up with any weapon that you compress you can compress you can compress an entire fucking city into a little bomb and throw it into an like into a a major city and then boom bomb goes off sure. and then another town just pops out in the middle of it and another town Offensive. just pops out in the middle middle of it and you just like you just you conquer places by physically blowing up their space and creating your own like new town right in the middle of it dude gentrification already exists it's, it's basically <laughs> it's weaponized gentrification it's through, weaponized, a, through a compressed well, bomb gentrification is already a weapon yeah but like you know <laughs> <laughs> offensive real estate yeah o- offensive real estate and we've talked about offensive architecture in the past we have which is still a great option and yeah. and something that i think we should look at but i do i do love that idea of of you i love your idea of weapons reflecting the natural world but i i, I want to build on that by and throw some sauce on that by saying leaning into that idea of weapons evolving out of necessity so taking things that you would not think of as a weapon and Mm -hmm. and they become one sort of like you know there's the idea of um you know like the 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 fermented dish that's toxic to anybody else but you or there's even um i forget what it's called but there's that dried and compressed fish in in japanese fish that is so sharp you can actually so hard you can actually carve a knife out of it wow yeah it's crazy um, but I love the idea of a cliff dwelling society mm-hmm. that has figured out that gets around using climbing gear and cables. Mm-hmm. And so they have figured out, you know, how to how to use these cables. They have this very sophisticated mechanism or they're just simply using um, their very good rope swingers and and climbers and things like that and that influences their weapon choice and fighting style so that they end up being very good with chains or whips or um yeah. you know like kunai where they're very good at throwing weapons and pulling them back or, or whirling them around kind of like kratos you know with the blades of chaos yeah um and and utilizing a dimension in combat of of height yeah that we normally wouldn't think of. And it's purely just because they're this cliff dwelling yeah. society. Like I saw this video online the other day of um, it was these mountain goats 
that were all standing on the side of a cliff. You know how they can creepily do yeah. that, stand on an almost vertical cliffside. Yeah. And they were just out of reach of a pack of wolves that were hunting them. Mm. And the wolves were trying to get close to them, but they kept tr- slipping and falling and yeah. sliding around. And the goats were like, well, we're stuck here, but they can't get, they to, can't get to us. I just thought that was really cool. Like, I love that the, there was something was really, evocative yeah. about, like, the idea of using what about your day-to-day life could become a weapon if needed. Yeah, I think that's cool. I, I, You've got me thinking about using verticality. And I was like, all right, what if you have a weapon magical that is like um it's whip-esque or it's like um hammer it's something that like you you swing low with it and when you swing low it has like this huge gust chariot it has this gust of wind that sends people flying up in the air so then that's cool like you get and it's not meant to be like it's meant to kill them it's it's it, it sends them like a hundred feet in the air so they will die on the fall oh that's cool so you just you just swing down low and you just create yeah. like, a, like a, almost like a vortex that just sends people flying up in the air and then they will have to come back down and they probably won't that's so then great. It's a great way to neutralize large numbers because then you've also created chaos because it's raining men hallelujah it's raining <laughs> men on top of the enemy where they're just like oh shit our guys are coming back down to earth and we have to dodge right out of the way because and then like they've they're either dead or they're neutralized or whatever sure. so i i like i like that idea that's cool bit, yeah. i'm i'm visualizing that as the um like the opening of fellowship, fellowship. yeah where sauron's just, just blasting like, like six or seven yeah. people with each i was mace thinking hit. of it when i was, when I was but but he's but he's killing them i think on impact i'm saying but this, he's also turning them into projectiles true true and i i think there's something so odd about it being it's a non-lethal attack yeah it's it doesn't do anything to them it's right it's just creating the wind right if there and, were a net up there they'd be fine yeah or if, if they catch themselves somehow on the way down they're fine they mm-hmm. take no damage on impact it's that's uh, really cool it's the what, what, what's the phrase it's the fall that or it's not the fall that's going to kill you that's when you hit the ground oh huh. yeah, yeah you like, got me that was good they're fine until they hit the until ground. they hit the ground yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great um, like. I think I, I think they'd be in there, but I like the idea of using the necessity of like you know if you've got um, lumberjacks, they're going to use big axes and yeah. chainsaws, and they're going to use the large like at lumber mills the huge uh, blade that you cut a whole tree down with, yeah, like, in the lumber mill. Like if you had two weapon- charging behemoths with, with just that, and you just running line people, <laughs> right? Just yeah, and they're like heavily armored beyond belief so that they're hard to take just down. in layers of flannel yeah just like take the take the the orc in, or the urukai in two towers who, yeah. run, who runs to the to breach the wall you've just got th- you got two of those people holding on to a giant yeah. saw blade that you would use in a lumber mill and you and you've you know found a way to use use the, your everyday life as a part of it yeah but you know because like if you look around if i look around this room you could you could use almost anything in here as a weapon mm-hmm. its effectiveness is is debatable debatable but you know it's not debatable let's say contextual contextual yeah but you know it's also like how do you like if the weapon is you know i always think about i'm i'm always struck by there's this um i, I forget I, I don't know where i've seen it it may have been in the Bourne movies or may have been in burn notice which is a really mm. good tv show and people slept on it it was so good especially from like an action-packed teenager uh it was like yeah yeah but just adam's apple hit some of the adam's apple they're done they're not mm-hmm. they're not fighting you anymore. Yeah, yeah. What you how you try to fight 
matters. And it's not mm. just like brute force. So if you have people who are, if, if I take this bowl next to me yeah. and I hit you in the head, you're you're gonna be mad, but you might be okay. If I put it straight into your throat and then I punch it, mm-hmm. it's gonna hit your yeah, and you're probably gonna vomit. Yeah. And you're probably gonna lose your breath and you're gonna be in so much more pain than if I just hit you over the head with this. Sure. So like the way that you that you attack somebody matters. So if you've got you can weaponize anything by just changing up the way in which they attack and like like physically attack. Right. I'm talking about like open combat weaponry. So like you know, like what I was talking about with the go on underneath them and create the gust of wind, you know, you could have a weapon that its entire purpose is just to sweep the legs. Yeah. So all you're trying to do is sweep the legs. And then because the, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking like it sweeps the legs and it like, and it leaves behind like a slime or something on the ground that kind of, that makes you stuck a little bit. Yeah. So it's just, it's an immobilization weapon. Right. It's changing up the way it's not trying to, to kill you by, cutting you down it's trying to kill you by locking you to the ground and then they can go in and clean up they've got horses charging through and trampling over all the bodies with gigantic swords tied between them to close line people (laughs) well they don't have to because the people are locked on the ground because they the slime has stuck them so they're just they're just oh i was imagining it had stuck only their feet and so it was sort of like a like a glue trap for a mouse where it's just their feet no i mean like there's probably some that are so but i was thinking because it's the it's it's leaving that slime on, yeah. on the ground. So when you trip them and, and you sweep the legs and they fall, their head is probably going to, or their their torso is going to hit on the ground too. Yeah. So then you, their torso stuck. And that's then, cool. And you can deal with the consequences every you want. Sure. And you could have people coming through just with like doing the clothesline. Yeah. yeah. This is where the guys with the saw blades come through. They're exactly. Just, that's what I was thinking. They're yeah, just yeah, yeah. they're doing a run through, but it, but it could also be that that slime is poisonous and it's okay. or it's acidic, and it's now acidic. and now they're all just dying from that. Yeah. You could just change up the way that you attempt to attack them. Where it's not just oh oh you're standing up I'm standing up one of us is gonna fall w- w- like after we we kill each other yeah instead it could be well we're gonna kill each other however we want we're gonna fight dirty right like this isn't boxing this is M&A. M&A. right 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 you said something interesting which I love which you know your point about the Adam's apple is um, opens up a world of how do you use only really works if you're fighting only men to be fair true uh, but, but but no 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 but it, it it's it's how do you use your opponent's body against them? Yeah, that's a very that's it's like very that's very martial arts, very like. martial arts, and a very if you want to go in a particular direction, it can be again very lighthearted. Like you could make somebody throw up or vomit or incapacitate them somewhere. You could also be very dark with it. And a lot of what we do is about a lot of weaponry is about often introducing a foreign element into. Something, you know, like you're literally stabbing somebody mm-hmm. or you're, you know, firing an arrow at them or you're poisoning. You're introducing something. But what if you had a weapon that flipped that on its head and was focused only on taking something away? Sort of like the evaporation. Or the, you love your blood bending. I, I like love my feels, blood This feels bending. like blood bending. Well, that, that's a great example. Actually, not where I was going with yeah. it at all. But a that's what perfect I, that's what example I, My mind it. went to immediately when you said that. I was like, blood bending? Perfect example of it. I also love the idea, It also, you were right in that it was influenced by Avatar. Um, what if you had some sort of vacuum that could pull air mm-hmm. out of an area? Yeah. And cause suffocation that way. You know, we so focus on, like, it's easier, of course, to create a, a gas weapon, right? Yeah. Like, or something that chokes or harmless. It could even just be harmless smoke, right? Like, you create some sort of incendiary device that 
has a little piece of wood and it just creates plumes of smoke, you know, almost like ninja smoke bombs. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so say, but like you create a vacuum or like you, the, the, uh, the evaporation weapon, the vacuum weapon, it's not dissimilar from like the sonic weapons that we're hearing about these days in the news yeah. that are very disorienting and make people sick and permanently brain damage, yeah. which are terrifying for their own reasons. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm thinking of like, uh, say you took the, I mean, you can take the the chemical element and make it that it's you, you throw in a little bomb that then goes off and it seems like nothing happened, but it is that it has um, it's actually taken all the oxygen out of the area and pulled it into that mm. little tiny space, mm-hmm. and it will return. It's like it, it, it it's like a pokeball. Yeah, it captures all the air, and the air will return in however long it will take like, right it's, you can set a timer for it yeah it's like at 60 seconds the air will return and people will have either suffocated or they will be like so disoriented and incapacitated that you can just kind of storm it because yeah. they can't breathe yeah um, i think you could definitely have to do something with that um thinking about like how do you use someone's own le- body against them like, how do you use someone's weapons against them because defensive weaponry design is mm-hmm. something that you can really look into so if you're fighting mm-hmm. people who really just come in you know if you're fighting a greek phalanx if, if your enemy just does that, you know, and I, I'm sure there are actual examples. Of, I mean, a lot of weapons that have been developed over human history are just their counter, their counter picks to, mm-hmm. to whatever the, the enemy has done. But you could really go where it's instead of a true weapon, it's just like I guess if a Greek phalanx, my like my my wind weapon thing is probably the best way to take them down. But an example, well, it's a very Tai Chi approach where you're like you're not trying to beat. You're not going to, I mean, and this is what ancient warfare was, was these phalanxes like crashing against each other. Yeah. But if you just completely negate that strategy and just like, oh, you can have as many shields and spears as you want. I'm going to vaporize all of the water in your bodies. So it doesn't matter, right? Like you're yeah. just completely but, neutralized. But, the, but then you've strategy. gone to like, I, 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 I think that works, but then you're going to like, uh, you're going nuclear. Like I think I, I'm thinking of what is not the super weapon solution. What is the way, you know, and I guess this is where it's probably outside of our um, expertise of like actual, like hmm. military weapon design of like, what is the counter? Like, and I guess what I'm getting is if you're building a world and you have a, an enemy state, an enemy army, hmm. define what they're, what their choice of weapons is define how they conduct their warfare if they're a, if they are a warfaring people right and then consider how whoever in this story is going against them would use that to their advantage it would try to innovate yeah. to beat them and the example will will depend on what you've done but i think that counter is something that you you can come up with you know like we've talked about before of like you know you can use the you know you could do do the vacuum weapon. You could do the evaporation weapon against a, an army coming in. You, if you have that to you, like, uh, available to you, especially mm-hmm. if they're in large numbers and they stay close together. Mm-hmm. If they use a lot of, um, you know, metal, then you bring the magnets out. Right. If if they have, uh, you know, a bunch of cavalry, use the slime weapon and just ruin like ruin the, the whole battlefield so they can't get across yeah. it think about your enemy like know your enemy sun tzu style yeah like know who the, who the bad guy is in the story or the good guy depending on sure. what you're doing and then think about how you would counter it. and it's it's this is a world where pun intended this is a world where it's so completely open that it's almost like there are no wrong answers no. right like there's no wrong way to do this because it's so if when if you 
if you embed yourself in your world and think strategic, like how are these two people diametrically opposed? How how are we? How do you work with the world? Anything is is possible. This is a very rich area. Yeah. There's just so much fun and what, chaos to be had. And I want to point out that like uh, there's no right answer also because people lose. Like they could all the time. Like weaponry. Like if you give somebody bad weapons or a culture doesn't or a society doesn't evolve their weaponry and or they could just be wiped out. And mm-hmm. you can, and that is a part of human history. And it's a part of the story that you're writing. Absolutely. Like so consider that as well. Uh, there is a ton that you can do and none of it is a bad idea none none whatsoever and it's all it's so easy to tie things into the world it's so much fun and it's it's there's so many different opportunities for great human storytelling and conflict storytelling and evocative cinematic moments and this is a light touch area that has huge potential ramifications or it can just be completely surface level yeah, and if it you want to, and if you just want to have like, and this is an area where the tropes will never lead you wrong. Like, like you said, everyone loves a flaming sword. No yeah. one's going to be upset by that ever. Yeah. So just you know, in this area, really, really let yourself have fun and and just go nuts here. All right, I think that's the end of that. I think uh, that is. What, what stuck for you? We talked. We had a lot of. We had a lot of noodles here today. Yeah, we had a lot. This and that's kind of what I meant when I was saying, you know, the the have fun with it, right? Like this is light touch. This is easy. Um, I think what stuck for me, I love. I love your idea about the 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 gauntlets that change fighting style. You know, weapons that change how you fight and 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 interact. I think that's a really really cool idea. But I think what stuck to me most was what was most evocative for me was probably your edgewood i liked edgewood idea like i just think that's really fun it flips a lot of different tropes on its head um it's it's different it's new it's fun it's interesting um and there's a lot of really rich potential for storytelling there from a conservation you know from a nature versus industry conservation versus expansion right like there's a lot that you could do there i think that was really really cool what about you what stuck for you i outside of edgewood i liked edgewood a lot uh but i i the imagery of the helium arrow and the guy floating <laughs> up in the air doing the helium voice like don't you me i i really oh, love no. that and i because I, I love my anything that's just pure chaos for no reason yeah much like the lsd thing yeah um but i like the i like the helium arrow and the and what that would create yeah in, in the back line not non-lethal weaponry is well that was lethal it's just lethal by a different means it is but it's it could also fire. but it could also not be lethal right like i, I and yeah. i do think that's actually as a broad category non-lethal weaponry have fun there go nuts yeah all right well that's what's like for us let us know what's stuck for you Thanks for listening. Goodbye.